This is Deep North, and I'm Steve Ray. I grew up in Minnesota, then left, toured the U.S., backpacked through Europe, and sailed across the Atlantic. While traveling, it appeared that the Minnesota I knew was much different from the one known by the rest of the world. Prince. That's one thing. That's one thing I think of. And uh, what's his face? Who uh, had that show on public radio for so long until recently? This is a show about the nature and culture of MSP, dispelling the myths of Minnesota nice for the urbane side of the cities that the world, country, and even some Minnesotans haven't experienced. Deep North is reaching more ears thanks to TC Agenda, MSP's source for events, breaking news, and all things that make the Twin Cities the best place on Earth. More at tcagenda.com. And in collaboration with Streets.mn, dedicated to a public better informed and engaged on transportation and land use issues. Read more at Streets.mn. This week on Deep North, art and the people creating in MSP. My family lives outside of Minnesota, and they know very little about the state. When pushed, they may mention cold weather, prints, or prairie home companion the latter of which doesn't exactly portray Minnesota as a culturally vibrant place. But since moving to Minneapolis, I found a creative scene I never imagined existed. Artist density in Minnesota is one and a half times greater than the national average. Minnesota is second to only New York City in theater employment, and Minnesotans lay claim to icons like Bob Dylan, The Replacements, and Rhyme Sayers record label. Despite overwhelming participation in the arts, Minnesota artists receive limited national and international attention. So if artists remain in Minneapolis-St. Paul, can they make a living? On this episode, we speak with people creating and ask how they're doing, checking on if, in a city that prides itself on arts and culture, it is indeed possible to live the artist's life in MSP. Deep North's Steve Ray with the story. I'm taking a poetry class at the Loft Literary Center, the largest language arts center in the country. At the end of my first class, I was given a prompt and told to write. When the 20 minutes were up, the instructor asked if there were any questions. I raised my hand and asked, what is poetry? He laughed, but I was serious. When we talk about artists, we're talking about self-identified artists. Sheila Smith is the executive director of Minnesota Citizen for the Arts, a nonprofit dedicated to arts and culture advocacy. According to federal data, we have over 104,000 people who make a living as an artist or creative worker in Minnesota. We have a higher rate of employment in the arts um, than all the surrounding states by far, including Illinois, which is Chicago. So you would think they would have really? a bigger population. Um, what's interesting is we are second to only New York City in employment in theater. <laughs> this paperwork is so boring. Ooh, let's see if this month's issue of Gritty Detective with a Chip on Her Shoulder magazine has arrived yet. Minsky Theater is one of the many venues contributing to MSP's robust theater scene. Minsky is a vaudeville house that meshes burlesque, aerialists, and dance. You may find the slapstick comedy hilarious or simply not your thing. If the latter is the case, it's okay. 
there are other options. We have some of the most important theater companies in the country. Jeremy Cohen has spent his career working in theater across the U.S. For the last eight years, he's been the producing artistic director of the Playwright Center. We serve 2,000 playwrights a year locally here in Minnesota, nationally around the U.S. and internationally. The Playwright Center occupies an old church in the Seward neighborhood of Minneapolis. The center is like a theatrical incubator where playwrights come for an array of classes, workshops, and for the most advanced writers, the center's prestigious Jerome Fellowship. Well, if they get accepted they're, and they're on fellowship and they basically have an artistic home here, it means they're getting a stipend of somewhere between $18,000 to $25,000 for the year. It means they're getting um, about $2,500 in what we call play development funds, which pays for actors and directors. And it means that we are flying in artistic directors from around the country to come meet with them. So they're like skipping all over all these major difficult career steps. For me, as someone who spends the majority of his time writing and recording alone, this collaborative process sounds like a creative dream come true. Here's how it works. The playwright fellow comes to the center with an idea. She works through revisions and develops a script. Once a working draft is complete, the center hires actors to run through her lines. The playwright watches her words come to life and takes notes on how the script flows. She goes home, makes edits, and returns the following day to repeat the process. Iterations of this continue until the script is ready to be tested on a live audience and eventually performed in its entirety. It's such a time-intensive thing. There's so many layers to it. There's so m The process is a very time-intensive one. And it's hard to write when you're in New York and you've got three waitering jobs that you're balancing. And a thing that makes the Playwright Center unique as it pertains to the Twin Cities is that when you can't afford to live in Boston or D.C. or New York or L.A. or San Francisco or Seattle or Portland or Austin or Nashville, the Twin Cities is one of the last affordable cities in the country, which means that it's more affordable to live here and you're eligible for fellowships that you couldn't get elsewhere. Despite a lower cost of living, generating a stable income remains a struggle. Um, it has been a challenge for a lot of playwrights for a long time of feeling like I have to leave here even after all the great support I get um, because there's not enough places for my work to get done here in town. We don't make it easy on artists. You know, we're not living in a country where there's national subsidy for the arts outside of the NEA. The, the, the system that we have created, but it's not unlike anyone living at a certain level of poverty or kind of within a certain uh, class level, the systems are just not in place to help people out. And so, yeah, uh, we think we want great art. And so we'll just pay someone you know, 200 bucks for their time for like three days work or four days work. And we'll think, oh my God, how would we, I mean, if you were a lawyer, that's what you get every quarter of an hour. If you're saying, are there enough working artist jobs constantly where you're not working at a nonprofit like the Playwright Center or you're not teaching? No, probably not. That said, I don't know what city you'd be living in where that would be true.
I've heard it said that choirs are to Minnesota what football is to Texas. <laughs> it's like you scratch the surface of any, any person in Minnesota and they're probably secretly part of a choir. Sheila again from Creative MN. Before moving to Minneapolis, I lived in Austin, Texas, the self-proclaimed live music capital of the world. During my time there, housing became so expensive that hardly any musicians could actually afford to live in Austin. The creative energy that once was became a slogan for tourists. So, I wondered, how many people in MSP are truly making a living from their creative work? Whether they're in theater, whether they're visual arts artists, whether they're a musician, a singer, a dancer, whatever that is. 24% work in, the, in their creative occupation full-time. All of their income comes from their creative work, whatever it might be. 42% are part-time. Maybe they are working in a bar, which is pretty common, and then they're also a theater artist. There's a lot of combinations people find. It, there's no one way. And this one I finished all on Monday, which was nice. My name is Paul Spring. I do a bunch of odd jobs with what time I have. Otherwise, I write music and play a lot of music. Paul is an overly modest musician who has been playing in the cities for over six years. He's created a handful of albums and EPs, including a wildly successful kids' album. At points, he's made a decent living playing at wineries and libraries, but hasn't been able to consistently support himself on music alone. Kind of this like constant withdrawal and return. Since 2012, I've held jobs. I was a high school teacher, an after-school tutor, a landscaper, I did snow removal, I did Postmates, food delivery for a little while, parking lot attendant. Yes, Paul's leaving and moving to New York. I asked him to walk me through his decision. I don't know if I didn't play enough or the people here just don't really like my type of music or um, I didn't work hard enough or what, but it just hasn't worked for me here for, you know, six years. What would it have taken for you to stay in Minneapolis instead of going to New York? If I could have found a way to um, make enough money to support myself from doing music and not having to go around doing odd jobs. There aren't a lot of venues that, that can pay well enough. I've talked to jazz musicians who say they earn the same rate that they were earning in the 80s. Like they made 50 bucks a night then and they make 50 bucks a night now or something, you know. In New York, I have an opportunity to make enough money just doing music. New York, there are a lot more venues to play, a lot more recording sessions to get in on because there are so many more studios. It's definitely more competitive, but there's just way more opportunity. I'm learning that the urge to leave orbits round the need to stay.
yes, people can and do make their living here simply creating art. Adrian Daniel Schramm is a St. Paul-based writer and journalist covering the culture of Minnesota and beyond. And I don't know if you, I would even say that they struggle more here than they would in some place like L.A. or or New York or Nashville or Austin because there is the art crawls and art world and these things. There is so much support, but it is self-contained. Are we going to have the next Van Gogh coming out of Lower Town? I don't think that precludes that from happening, but it is smaller. It doesn't get national or let alone international exposure. Um, at the same time, if you want to tell me that that Rhyme Sayers records aren't successful or that our legacy of the replacements and things, if that's not real or obviously Prince. To combat our introverted tendencies, I asked Adrian what he'd like to see from MSP artists. I don't think that, that validation from the outside is necessarily any kind of indication of quality. I don't think that we need visitors from all over the world to tell us our art is great when we already know it is and enjoy it. At the same time, there is... Um, a discord, I guess, when people do call the Twin Cities Flyover Town the huge chip we have on our shoulders because of that. Because we are innovative cities. You know, we do have a lot of fun breaking boundaries, barriers, and supporting new things. So it is a little frustrating, I guess, when it's not even in the conversation, maybe. Uh, because these artists also, they do deserve national and international recognition. So, I mean, I don't want anything to change in the regard of, like, people start doing the things that make the West Coast or the East Coast great, or that people change the aesthetic because this is what people from from, you know, Berlin one. Um, but at the same time, I would love it if the world sat up and took notice. I mean, how does one justify investing in the arts? Well, you can approach that question in a lot of different ways. You can tell stories about the impact that the arts have on a particular person's life, a kid who finally gets access to an arts class. There's soft impacts and there's hard impacts. And it's easier for me to talk about the hard impacts because that's what my research is about. On a statewide basis, the arts have a $2 billion annual economic impact. Minnesota has double the arts economy of Wisconsin, 10 and a half times the arts economy of Kansas, and 12 and a half times the arts economy of South Dakota. How much are we just talking about it and how much are we doing oh my god we are doing so much it is unbelievable i mean if you ask people in other states what place do you envy in terms of opportunities for artists they will say minnesota we have the mcknight foundation the bush foundation the jerome foundation mardag the minneapolis foundation on and on and on target we have all these great foundations that support the arts whether they're supporting the individual artists or arts organizations or community arts development or whatever it is so if you want to be somebody who, with lots of access to creative opportunities, this is a place to be. Live art does a thing for us that kind of wakes our bodies. Hopefully if it's done right, it wakes our bodies back into the world. Jeremy again from the Playwright Center. And recognizes that if we're not sort of standing in our own f footsteps, we will continue the crazy downward slide that we our country is facing right now. There is a deep moral imperative to being able to connect with other people that you don't know. The current um, state of society where everybody's just turning everyone else into them, theater helps crack that apart and show people how we are all human and we're all the same. You enjoy music like I enjoy music and we're both in the audience listening to the same music and experiencing that in the same way. 
There's research that shows that people who are listening to music or watching theater, their emotions get into sync. They, they watch a number of plays and they studied everyone's heart rate. And what happened is during the course of the performance, everyone's heartbeats like synced together. And it was incredible. Yeah, we need to keep doing this thing. There is in some, we, this, the world does need this art form right now. It's now week 10 of my poetry class at the Loft Literary Center. I've learned a lot about language, voice, and rhythm, but still don't fully understand what counts as poetry. I don't know if I'm ever going to find this answer, and maybe I'm asking the wrong question. But one thing I'm confident in is that I'm looking for it in the right place. I spark a cigarette, leave my life for someone else, showing off your ornaments like fairy tales. You love to waste my time, let you lose inside my in this episode by a team of MSP artists, including Enjoy the Cat, Limousine Group, Zach Baldich, and of course, Paul Spring. Links to Paul and the rest of the artists are in the show notes. Oh, oh wait, wait, wait. What, for, don't forget about uh, that keyboard tune. That was by Chad, the keyboardist for the Tipsy Kangaroo Naughty Puppet Review. Yes, MSP also has a world-class puppet scene, which reminds me that this episode is an incredibly limited snapshot of Minnesota art. There's so many stories from the cities and beyond that we need more resources to explore. And uh, if you have an organization that would like to partner with Steve and I, email us at deepnorthpodcasts at gmail.com. Or if you, you, you just like where the show's going and are sort of amused by the weekly ditties, uh, go to deepnorthpodcast.com and you can stay in the loop by subscribing to the newsletter. You'll be the first to hear about new stories. And big thanks to Jeremy and the Playwright Center. You can learn more at their website or even attend a public reading. Yeah, we went last week. Uh, what 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 did you think, Alex? It was pretty amazing. <laughs> what did we do after it was finished? It just kind of sat there, just stunned and in awe. <laughs> yeah, we weren't really able to re-enter uh, normal life, so we had to transition by going to Pizza Luce first and getting a beer and a pizza. And then real life started again. If interested in the data goldmine known as Sheila Smith, check out her research at creativemn.org. And to keep updated on action at the Capitol in support of the arts, email staff at artsmn.org to get on their newsletter list. Thanks to Minsky Theater, they are constantly performing new shows. If you've never seen Vaudeville, you, you have, have to, to try, try it. it. Thanks to Adrian Daniel Schramm. Check out his redefinition of culture at tiltmn.com. You will be entertained. Links to all the artists and organizations featured in this episode are in the show notes. Mm-hmm.